Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. You guys, welcome to a special episode today. Believe it or not, in the studio, I have five members of season four. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Wow, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> How exciting. Um <laughs> What I wanted to do today was I wanted to pull them onto the podcast and let them share from their experience what season four was like, what was it like to, during teaching time, what was it like during family night, what was it like in any ministry trips that we did, like things, the AMT, like the classes that I taught, what, what was their experience like, what were they impacted by, what are some funny stories. I just wanted to be able to have that conversation where I'm not just the narrator here, but people get to chime in and represent themselves on, you know, what this last year was like, so... Um, I know we had a lot of funny moments, you guys. We had a lot of things happen that were hilarious. We were in tears several times from laughing so hard. <laughs> Does anybody have any funny stories that could just to start us off of things that happened this last year? I actually remember laughing so hard this year. And there was like one of the times in Colorado on a ministry trip. And I think we were at breakfast. And oh my gosh. I was <laughs> drinking coffee at the time and just laughing. And I started choking. And I did a spit take over Mike all over Ian, and it was just the funniest thing. And I think we recorded on video, and I just saw it again the other night, and just laughed all over again. It was so funny. I don't remember that being super funny. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of wet. (laughs) Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Totally. Somehow I managed to get that entire thing. (laughs) It's like it was planned. It's like it was planned. Oh. God. Was it planned? No. <laughs> it was a splash zone. You were in it. Can you imagine if it was planned in this whole time? Like, oh, it's a funny answer. The best part is Annabelle didn't really know you that well then. Right. And you had her liquid in your mouth. So. <laughs> Speaking of liquid in the mouth. <laughs> what a good segue. I forgot that I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, there's this is a horrible story. We were doing our team retreat at the beginning of the year, so that was like all of the Numa crew together at a, a log cabin type house out in the middle of the woods. And I was running this like giant game where all these four teams, the team had gotten split into four teams that were competing against each other, and they were basically running and doing these random things I was coming up with and trying to do them faster and better or whatever. And at one point, I told somebody, or I told the teams, um, I actually think it was Bible trivia. They had to like answer a biblical question. Right. Yeah. Which I'm, I love that we did that. Um, and then whoever got it right, what? I don't remember how, anyway, regardless of how the rules were, I was like, okay, someone needs to run to the kitchen from each team, get water in their mouth, and then come back here and spit it into somebody else's mouth on their team. And be, I mean, I think my mouth said all that before I even thought through what I was saying, and they immediately they had booked it away, and I was like, what have I done? And then people come tearing back, and the rest of the teams are scrambling, trying to figure out who's going to be the recipient at the other end of this experience. And I remember Jana running from the kitchen toward Chrissy, and Chrissy had volunteered bravely. She's like, I'll do it. 
And then she like sees Janet coming and she gets this frantic shaking look on her face and like her like her eyes slit and she looks like she's about to get punched and she gets on her knees and opens her mouth like <laughs> resistant but still forcing herself to do it and Janice like pours water into her mouth from her mouth and I was like Aah! we all just screamed it was so funny and horrible and that was like the first time that we as season four were like hanging out with the other <laughs> seasons and we were like what is this what, what is happening what if we what we get ourselves <laughs> right god that's hilarious. Any other? Any, the other thing was on retreat, where, like before retreat, when we were driving up, and Haley's car started smoking. Oh it was like yeah. it was still in the aftermath of car fire, so everyone was super scared of smoking cars. <laughs> and then, and then what? Like what else happened? We were oh, we no. like drove up to like the top of a hill or a cliff or something. What? Chris' response was the funniest, and we. Um, my car just died right at the top of the hill, and my hood is smoking, and Chris is in the back seat. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, like, gosh. on the way to the retreat, and we're already late and everything. Chris is in the back seat, and he's trying to, like, open the door, but he can't. He can't open the door. Why can't he open and the door? And he's like, I don't know. I don't no, know why. It's because your car. It didn't The locks. It was just locked? Yeah. Your locks wouldn't come up. Yeah, it wouldn't open from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> you locked them in, apparently. Chris was freaking out. I'm like, this is my first, like, <laughs> interaction with Chris almost. And he just can't get out of the car. The car's smoking. We're late to retreat. We're on the top like, of the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, like if I were to, it was either like back up or like keep nope. going forward, we would have been like off the cliff. So. No. Well, the car died on the edge of the cliff. Mm, yeah. so Why were we were you up at a cliff at all? We, we were trying to turn around. We took the wrong side. We missed the, the house, so we had to turn around yeah. and it died. And then Chris is in the backseat like a cat, like, ah! Didn't he, did he like yell something hilarious when he was back there? I guess. Yeah. He, was like, he was like trying not to freak out, so he was like, okay guys, um... <laughs> I'm really not trying to freak out. Will you please just open the door? Yeah, will you, will you open the door yeah. for me? Like, somebody needs to get out and yeah. open the door. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember this. And then when the door wouldn't open, he was like, can you roll the window down? And he was like, they're broken. <laughs> Did you get a new car after that? No. You still have that car? That's the car that I have. That's the well, new that's car you got. in the shop right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope they fix your windows and your door locks. Yeah, you do. Wow, nice. Okay. Anything like later in the year? A lot of this is from like the beginning. Yeah. Origin stories. So, one time, we were driving back from Napa. So we had like a three-hour trip in front of us. We were celebrating someone's birthday in Napa. And we're trying to make it back to Reading oh for a gosh. movie. And we, yeah, I accidentally put in the wrong directions. So our trip ended up taking an hour longer than it should have. So we were just rushing back. We were stuck in traffic for a while. and We were rushing back to see Endgame. It had just come out this weekend. Yeah. So we were we were all committed that we were going to get there on yes. time and watch this movie together. Yes, we all like verbally agreed. No stops. We're just going to book it back. I remember I was in... We were in Tokyo when Marcus got the tickets for this movie. So this had been like a... Right. Like a, a month in advance plan. We had pre-tickets. A bunch, like 25 of us were going to go. It was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it was very early on as well. It was like the day that it came out. Right. Day oh, or the yeah, day yeah, after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. So at one point, I guess we're like an hour and a half in, and Mike's like, I have to pee. <laughs> and I think Hannah had to pee too. She was driving. But Jamie grabs an empty water bottle and hands it back to Mike as a joke and is just kind of like, here, use this. And he just 
grabs it super confidently and is just like, okay, I will. And we were all like, no. Like, everyone in the back was like, no, 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 don't do this. Please don't. <laughs> Whatever you do, please I don't. think secretly we wanted him to, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't remember you story. being that resistant when it was happening. Like, don't do it, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, like, hear Mike crawl into the back of the seat and he is <laughs> like speaking out loud, like what he's doing. And no, I was not work. doing that. I did not give you a play by play. Do you remember that, Jamie? I don't. That did because it didn't happen. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's weird. You're like, this isn't working. <gasps> what? I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. So I guess we were all in the front seat. We were just like, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening right now. What the heck? And Mike. Filled the bottle, came back into the front seat, and then <laughs> almost to the brim. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was, I, think, I was impressed. I was like, he look was how much urine I produced. Yeah, he was very um, you're, you're always kind of scared at the beginning of the bottle experience, not knowing what's going to happen, you know? Always. Yeah. How many times have you done this? <laughs> <laughs> That's not important. I was impressed, though, with how much urine I. I produced. Yes, he was very produce. proud. And then he was like feeling the bottle and he's like, This is so warm. And we we're like, Oh my gosh. And then he tried to get us to feel it. And we were just, we were scared. Yeah, I was like, I wanted people to experience it. was shockingly warm. I was like, It's radiating heat. This is impressive. So I was like, Annabelle, feel it. She's like, No! And she's screaming. I was like, Jamie, feel it. And, as soon, and Jamie's laughing until all of a sudden she's near the bottle. Then she starts screaming and like banging I on the I dash. I climb out. <laughs> you both are shrill and freaking yeah, out. Yeah. And then eventually you both did touch it. Yeah. Right? I don't know how you talked yeah, us into that. He convinced I us. I don't know. <laughs> Probably to get us to leave us alone. Uh, no, you because we marveled at how warm it was, right? Oh, we marveled. <laughs> we marveled. And then when we got back, Ian, for whatever reason, came and helped Jamie get stuff out of the car. The story goes on. Ian, yeah. do you want to chime in on that? Oh, God. Yeah, I show up to the movie, and I'm, like, really excited to see my friends. <laughs> and they just got back from a road trip, so I'm like, hey, Jamie, need any help carrying anything? She's like, yeah, totally. So I go to the car with her, and she, like, hands me this water bottle. She's like, oh, this is tea. She told me it was tea. I was like, it's tea from Napa. It's tea no. from Napa. And I was like, should I try it? And she was like, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't stop you. And so I, we're walking back. And then at some point I'm like walking next to you, Mike. And you look over and you're like, that's my pee. <laughs> no, I was like, Ian, Ian, give me that bottle. I took really? it from you. I threw it away. And then I told you after the fact, I was like, Ian, that bottle was my, a bottle of my pee. That's true. That's <laughs> and then you freaked out and like flung your hands everywhere oh, and you looked so betrayed. It was betrayed. <laughs> I was just excited. I was innocent. And then I was handed a bottle. I was laughing when I saw you cross the street with like garbage in one hand and then my bottle in your other hand. I was like, how did Jamie get him to carry that? Oh, this is happening right now. That's so wrong. That was hilarious. Um, wow. Okay. Any other stories we want to throw in here before we, you know? Leave La La Land. So in December, we had a Christmas party and as a team. And so all of us went to one of our houses and we had a, um, what do you call it? Christmas party. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a dance. Oh, like a, a dance-off. A dance-off? Yeah, team dance-off. Kind of. We had a dance-off. Yeah, it was a limp It was a limp-sync battle. <laughs> <laughs> Lip-sync. I don't even know if you were lip-syncing. We were. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was behind him. Anyway, so there was, <laughs> like, I think there was, like, five, four, four or six of us on, like, in a little group, and we were singing, um, oh my gosh, 
I need help. All I Want for Christmas. All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> all of us were, like, in a line. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were all, like, doing the same thing, and then in front of us is Drew. Someone else chime in. I <laughs> had a completely different well, experience just from the rest of our group. Yeah. I just want to say, if you know Drew, he is British and very put together, and we hadn't seen, like, a... Like a Theatrical, theatrical side yeah. of Drew yet, yeah. yeah. So always when I saw him, he was like put together and just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's true. I remember being shocked and delighted all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll also say I was the one hosting the practices we had as a team for our little like performance of mm-hmm. All I Want for Christmas is you and Drew didn't get to make those. I or made he, one. I he, made one. He made one, and we had this whole routine, like as the backup dancers. <laughs> but when he came in, he like tried to join it, yeah. but it didn't feel natural. And so we were like, Drew, why don't you just go up front and just freestyle it? I think I showed up like an hour late to the rehearsal, right. and I was like, okay, I don't get this. I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. So just <clears throat> Drew's own thing was he was at the front of the room in front of all the backup dancers, lip syncing to the song. Tromping around like a pop star diva. His hair was down. He was growing it out at this point. He's flipping it around, throwing his head back, doing these like grand gestures, dance moves. It was a side of Drew we had never seen before, and everyone was screaming we lost our the whole lives. time. We were like, What is happening? Yeah. Who is this person? <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. Drew, did you come alive in that moment? I did. You want to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> No, I don't know how to describe it. I think there's something it's about indescribable. <laughs> the spirit of Mariah Carey. Came <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, I don't know. Like just when I get to perform in that way, it was like I just gave it my all, and Sasha Fierce just showed up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, is, what a somber moment. Speaking of somber and deep and intense. I know, obviously, we've had fun together. We've, you know, been playful and absurd and ridiculous. But we've also had a lot of, like, deep, meaningful, significant moments together, whether it's something that we went through as a, as a team or something that some individual on the team went through or whatever. Um, I know we've had a lot of heartfelt moments, whether it's from the class we were teaching at BSSM or from our own teaching time or even just, like, late night family nights or whatever. Do you guys have any things you want to throw in there as far as, like, significant moments from this last year? Yeah, I think that, like, so one time we were watching a movie, and we, it, the movie had finished, it was like 11 o'clock, and then Ian asked a question, can you remember what the question was? I want to no. say it had something to do with love. And your roommate. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. <clears throat> you remember? No, I don't remember the question, but I remember those details. <laughs> Great. Well, I'll probably remember it. Okay. And so... Ian asked Mike a question and then we all just jumped on asking Mike question after question and something just happened where, I mean, for me, I was like, wait, I think I just grasped the gospel for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. it, there was something about, under, I mean, and then Haley had the thing where she, uh, like, heard Mike say that... There's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. the grace. In, yeah, with grace. Mm-hmm. And then two hours later... <laughs> It's like, wait, what? What did you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, to our, we had gone on this journey of yeah. talking about the love of the Lord and his provision and how safe we are in him and the way that he takes care of us. And we and people were crying. And it was just, a, and it was a weighty, intense, prolonged period of time. Mm. And then, like, it seemed like two hours later, Haley chimes back in and goes, 
What do you mean there's no right or wrong? <laughs> Out of nowhere, that, it was not what we were talking about at all. We all just busted up laughing. Yeah. It was so... It was something you casually, like, said while you were, like, answering Ian's question, and it might just kind of explode in that moment. <laughs> come back to it. <laughs> what do you mean there's... <laughs> I think for me in that conversation, one thing that stood out was when you were like, yeah, fear is the opposite of love, and fear is never going to help you. And I was like, wait, like... <laughs> So going back through my life, all of the things that I've ever experienced, fear has literally never served me. Like it's mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. like led me somewhere better than where I was before. And realizing that was like huge. I was like, oh, wait, it's inappropriate to listen to fear ever. Wow. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would be game changer. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I remember you crying quite a bit that night. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. I remember having asking you a lot of questions about love and the love of the Lord, and I think it was actually something like I came to Bethel for. I came to BSSM to find it, and it was kind of like a theme throughout um, all through my years. Mm. And then you said you're like you don't have to try to make love happen; it just it's there and it does. And like the truth of that just hit me, and I was like, okay, there it is, and. I remember at some point in that conversation, you were asking me something about, like, how do I pursue the Lord? How do I make sure I love him or something? You were talking about, like, how do I bring me to him in a way that's, how do I fully give my heart to him or something like that? And I remember just responding to you with, um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but something like, well, you, you love him. Like, that's there. It's going to happen, right? And just kind of trying to take the pressure off of what you had to bring to the relationship or what you owed him or what you had to do. And kind of getting that out of the equation and more just allowing what was already true about your heart and your relationship with him. I remember we had had some back and forth in that and that felt pretty significant. Um, I remember that night especially, I don't know, you guys, from my end of that experience, it was weird. This is shortly after you opened up the conversation. It wasn't just what you asked. It was like the whole room decided to like submit to that and like turn in and the room shifted and I was like, what's going on? And as we continued to talk that night, like this weightiness kind of mm-hmm. settled on us and we all just kind of like, and I think a lot of us were like horizontal on the ground, right? <laughs> yeah. And we all just kind of like yeah. laying yeah. on top of each other, like sitting there in this like heavy, like waiting moment. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like time was suspended. Like I had no, it was like one in the morning, I yeah. think. And we normally didn't stay up this late. And we had teaching time the next morning yeah. and it just was impractical what was happening, but it also felt so inappropriate to not respond yeah. and not like engage. And in that place... I remember there were so many times where we had talked about theology at this point at different points, right? We had wrestled through some aspects of God and the world and spirituality and all this stuff. And then I was saying things to you guys in this context. I couldn't have said to you a couple months prior. And also that without the presence, mm-hmm. I couldn't have said these things. But because yeah. the presence was there, I had to say these yeah. things. And it had changed mm-hmm. the nature of the conversation. And I was speaking about the Lord with his, like, sovereignty mm-hmm. and just like how pervasive and um like ahead of us he is mm-hmm. and just like how taken care of and supported and you know set up for success we all actually are not out of practicality but out of spirit like it's mm-hmm. this is the state that we're in and then from that place all this all this yeah. response yeah. was coming it wasn't something i was coming up with it was there was like the spirit of the lord was there and the conversation was different yeah. do you remember the, it being different yeah. yeah. Yes. it was it was like this feeling of you could say something in that moment that i'd heard 10 times before but it would mm. penetrate right in a new way yeah, yeah that's true 
Because yeah. that's that's when you were when you said, um, it's no like we're no longer to blame for all of the things that we've done. Oh my god! And Jesus is to blame. Like he took it on uh, the cross, and now he's like wearing our blame. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> true. Because it's just, it was just like he's so perfect, and now my mess is on him, and it's amazing but it's also like oh no mm. yeah you said something on that topic like grace has removed us so far from sin that it's no longer our fault like Christ when we're under that grace it's literally no longer our fault that's how far we've been separated and it was like oh mm. wrecking and I also just remembered what started the conversation it was I was asking about if love has expectations because mm. uh, okay. I was like chatting with one of my roommates yeah. mm. And he was like talking about, yeah, there's no right and wrong, but we should be expected certain things. And you like started unfolding some of that too. Like how like love doesn't, love does have expectations from those who are surrendered to him mm. and just like all this cool, like, yeah. And so that's where it came from. Yeah. Nice. And it was super heavy in there. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel it when you like, when I reflect on the moment, I'm just like, yeah, you can go right yeah. back to it. It's like, that's, that's what was going on in there. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Profound. It was like, this could just continue for hours and that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it wouldn't matter because something is happening here and we needed to submit to it in that yeah. moment. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Any other times from the year that, you know, sticking out like, yeah, this happened. Jamie, remember your coddling evil moment? <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about that. I think that there had been a situation the night before at family night. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, yeah, like Alyssa kind of like, I think she kind of just like lashed out about something or lashed out's the wrong word, but she was just like, I feel attacked. And I remember being like, oh, I want to like, I want to cover her. Like, oh, why does she feel attacked? Like, what's wrong? And I remember looking over her and being like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And I remember her being like, no, she did not receive my sorry. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and the night was so weird, that family night. I can't mm-hmm. remember everything that happened. It was so weird. Like, there was... Do y'all remember? Mm-hmm. Th- like, what happened, though? Uh, or, specific. We were playing... Psychiatrist? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I remember just feeling the tension in the room, and I was like, I hate this so much. Um, and I think it was the next day when we kind of, you, you unpacked it and like, I'm like kind of angry at Mike and being like, what did you do? <laughs> like <laughs> what happened in that room? And cause I felt like everyone shut down and I was like, what's happening? Um, I kind of forgot like what you talked about during. Well, I had a chat with Alyssa separate from that conversation. Right. Just worked out, you know, you know, just what she carries in the spirit and the way she chooses to conduct herself. And sometimes the things that she would throw out would shift the room in a way that's not constructive or helpful and whatever. And so we just got to work through what did that look like and what should it look like and whatever. And then I was like, let's talk about this with the whole team because everyone was affected by that moment last night. Cause at some point she just felt like attacked or dismissed or something. Mm. And, and then just threw this thing out there that was pretty accusatory and kind of freaked everybody out. And anyway, so we talked about it the next morning. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I remember Ian was saying that he looked over at me and I was just bawling my eyes <laughs> Which was a theme throughout the year. But, um, yeah, I remember just feeling like, oh, I wasn't actually, like, saying sorry to Alyssa. I was saying sorry to, like, this thing that she was grasping onto, like, this evil thing that she had partnered with to, 
like accuse you in that moment and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm here with you. Like, let's fight him. You know, <laughs> like I want to cover you. And and I was actually not covering Alyssa. I was covering the evil thing. And I wasn't actually sorry in the moment because I was also like, why did she do that? Like that didn't feel right. And but I also was like, had for years have just catered to the thing that would make people feel the most comfortable or feel the most safe. And so I realized that I had been doing that my whole life. And I think it was like a little bit of like wanting to please Alyssa, like wanting to connect with Alyssa, but it was so wrong. Like the things that I was, Mm. the ways I was wanting to connect with her. Um, Yeah, that moment was catalytic. And then I remember having (laughs) to like, like an AA meeting stand up and being like, hi, I'm Jamie. Yeah. I've been coddling evil for <laughs> 24 years. But, yeah, that was that was rough for me. I think a lot came out of that, which I'm so thankful it did because it shifted a lot. But I was definitely doing that. We had talked about not coddling evil a couple times mm. before that moment, right? So you got to, like, kind of plug it in and be like, oh, God, is that what's happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that being kind of a big deal. Like, oh, yeah. look, at, look at her go. Yeah. But if anything in the confession moment was that it was entirely unprompted. So we used to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to do office hours um, after teaching time where the whole team would come together and we'd talk about some of the stuff that happened in teaching time. So we were sharing, like, oh, Mike was saying this about this and we were learning this and then Jamie was, like, stood up and she was like, I've been coddling Evo. And <laughs> 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 was like, what? <laughs> I think so people clapped for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we probably did. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It was a big moment. <laughs> nice. I also remember you guys throughout the year, like, just like celebrating me preaching the gospel all the time. I'm like, when am I preaching the yeah. gospel? Like, when are you hearing me do this? Can you guys chime in on that a little bit? Let's hear that narrative. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that for me throughout the year was recognizing like with the Lord and how in the teaching part of it, you would like vocalize like the experiences and the moments you would have with him. And I just remember like when you would speak about like the gospel and redemption and grace and um, like the more practical, like gospely things, there was a life to it that I was like, I don't always get this. Like I don't hear this. Mm. Like if I just go to church and I hear somebody chatting about it on stage, it's like, I can't connect to it, but in the living room with our group and with you and you were like sharing about it, like your personal life experience within walking it out, not just like talking about it. There was like an energy and like a life to it that was so refreshing. It was like, I want to hear it. I need to hear this every day, you know, from, yeah, like there's, there's a period of time where I was like, I don't want to listen to anybody else talk about the gospel except <laughs> I remember that. I was like, but yeah, oh. so it was powerful just to hear your mm. personal experience with him and yeah, just see that relationship at play in our everyday was really transformative mm. during that time. Yeah, I think it's really, like, it's strange how infrequently we hear people talking about grace in church. Mm. Like, people, people rarely talk about grace, but Mike approaches everything from a place of grace. So it's not like, I know, it's not like you have to earn anything or do anything or be anything, whatever. Like, everything is already done, settled, finished, you're chosen, you're his. Mm. And therefore, everything we do has to come from that place of grace. Whereas I think in churches, generally, it's like trying to mo- motivate people to do things and be things mm. and live a certain way mm. um, rather than approaching that from the foundation of grace, which is crazy because it's like 
it's literally the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think even for me, like like being in even your discerning spirits AMT and even in teaching time, like you just sharing stories about your life. It was so the gospel, like the way that you lived your life so abundantly and like the things you kept choosing and like the humility you had about it was like, oh yeah, the gospel has nothing to do with us doing anything. And I think I knew that to some extent, but I think somehow I had still put a filter on it that like, I still have to do something though. Like I have to earn this like a little bit, you know, or I have to manage (laughs) it or have to steward Mm -hmm. it or something like that, that I was, I was still trying to go after I think mm-hmm. or like I was still trying to pursue the Lord in and I think the way that you would put it was like s- like stop doing that like you like you already have this and you trying to do it is saying that it wasn't enough and mm-hmm. I was like what and I think that was that was really big for me and like you just sharing stories about your life was the gospel for me because mm-hmm. I think I remember like coming out of AMTs and just like bawling my eyes out and I didn't even really know why but I think mm-hmm. it was like hearing the truth of yeah. like well, yeah, that's like you you could live your life abundantly because it's already been done mm. and I'm like not working for something. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by abundantly? The way you live your life, like the way you the energy you have, like the way you the resources you have, like the relationships you have, like the time you have, everything is yeah. abundant and frequent True. and there's just like you vibe at a different like you just vibe differently than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you do. And I think that's everyone. People see that. Um, I think that there's no lack in your life. There's no lack in relationships. There's no lack in resources. There's You don't um, focus on lack. Like, it's always like... Ha- like how can we make more? How can there be more? How can, I, how can I be more? And not ever out of a place of because I have to do this or because I should do this, but because I want to, like, because it's just in me and like, it has to come out. And I think that to me is the gospel. Like Mm. that's like, that's what he already, he did that so that we could have all that. Mm. It's so crazy that that, like what you're saying is such a thing in the church of like, okay, God started this, but now I have to manage it. Right. Like, the New Testament literally says, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Yeah. <laughs> what God started in the spirit are you now trying to finish in the flesh? Yeah. And that's the, that whole process that we're constantly, like, caught in. Totally. And that's the thing that made Paul the most mad, was the idea of people, <laughs> right. like, trying to do that. Mm. I heard someone say Galatians is basically like, if you want to sum it up, it's just saying, don't run back. Like, don't mm-hmm. go back. Wow, and I feel like so this good. year, like, for me and everything was like, oh, I'm just trying to, like, <laughs> I would learn something new and then familiarity would just come in and I'd be like, oh, but this is so safe. Mm-hmm. And this is so comfortable. And this is so, but it was so, like, complacent and just watching you, like, Mike, like, never mm-hmm. wanting to live in complacency or wanting to run back. Like, you're just like, yeah, this is. Like, this is painful, this is hard, like, I'm just going to do it. And it was always fun and life-giving. Like, I think your life, like, you don't do anything in your life that's not life-giving. And I think we were all, like, influenced by that. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are the things in our lives that, like, aren't giving us life? Like, why are we doing those things? Like, it's actually against the will of the Lord to be doing these Mm -hmm. things, even though we think we're choosing them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think we are. I think we think we're, like, bonded, like, in bondage to them. Right. So... Interesting. Well, yesterday in the online coaching group, um, Mike was talking about small talk and how (laughs) 
like just the theme of people being like, yeah, I hate small talk, I hate doing that. And Mike was like, actually, it's serving to learn how to be good at that and how to meet someone there. Because when you are having a conversation with them, like you don't never want to like dismiss someone because of small talk or mm. because there's a lack of depth. But when depth does introduce itself, that's when it becomes beautiful and magical. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like of course, like even in the way we communicate with others, we can serve them. Mm-hmm. And there have just been like countless times this year where I've just been taken aback by, wow, this is Jesus. Like Jesus is speaking right now and I've never met him like this. And just this constant like, okay, I'm going to like renewing of like my yes to this group and, and what's been teaching like, yeah, I'm going to give my life to keep spreading this because it's so, it's for everyone. It's so true, so gospel. And it's just mm-hmm. life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, like there were so many times in teaching time where we realized that we had put like systems in place in our life so that we didn't have to listen to the Lord in a certain area. <laughs> like, oh no, I don't do this, I do do this. Like, this is how I function, this is how I run my business, this is how, like all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so Mike would be like, you realize because you've made that decision, you're not allowing the Lord to speak in that place because you've just decided this is his will here. And then we had to go back and erase all of those rules. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out what the Lord is actually saying. Yeah. Mm. Modify. I remember something that's kind of controversial. But Yodi, I remember, let's do it. Okay. This is confessions of a born uh, performer, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember us talking about love one time in teaching time, and not one time, but <laughs> specifically <laughs> we're one talking time about, we talked about love. love. And you were like, "I hate it when people say like they, this person loves well or this person loves mm. really well." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's like what I'm known for." Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, literally, I'd like, like that's like the saying over my life like what and I think I even used that at one point I was like I've been using that Mm. and I remember just like wrestling with that and I couldn't say anything in the moment during teaching time Drew was always really good at having hard controversial questions but I would just keep it inside for a bit and I remember having to come up to you after like an office hour or something being like being like hey you said I can't say loves really well what do I say I've been saying this and I was just like a wreck because I was like what does this mean and I think you said something about like you can't measure love because it's not it's not yours like mm. to give away or and I like I just remember being like my world turned upside down and I don't think I got it right away but yeah to know that like we can't love on our own mm. and I always knew that like we've always heard that you can't love that person on your own it's like, yeah, 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 but I can do a pretty good job. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty good, like, and, and realizing, oh, yeah, like, I thought I was measuring it based on, like, what I could do, like, my capacity to love someone. And if someone was too hard to love, oh, that was, you know, I couldn't do that because they're just hard to love or they're really easy to love. And I just tossed that language around, like, oh, it was wow. my vocabulary. Wow. But I remember that moment being, like, kind of upset and angry. <laughs> And then being like, okay, this makes sense. Like, I, it hit me as true, but I was like, I don't, I just don't get it. Mm. Oh, that moment. Interesting. Yeah. 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 There's lots of moments where it's like, what do I do now? Mm. Hey, that was your favorite question of the year. <laughs> what do yeah. I do? Yeah, I think for me this year, I wrestled a lot with like, oh well, I need to do all these things to like 
I don't know, follow the lore. Like, it's, I was very focused on things I need to do in order to achieve and perform. And so teaching time really, like, <laughs> because when Mike just ended up, like, preaching the gospel, basically, I'm like, well, what do I do with that? And it's like, you don't do anything with it. You follow the lore. Like, it's actually that simple. Um, I, up to, up till this year, I think I spent, way, like, my entire life just, like, trying to achieve and perform and strive for things when it's like, actually, Jesus already did all that, so enjoy your life. Like, don't worry about all that mm. stuff. Like, mm. it's it's actually as simple as just following the Lord and enjoying Him because He's enjoying us. Mm. Now, on that subject, as I know we have listeners here who maybe aren't as familiar or as acquainted with some of the things you guys are talking about, at least in the way that you're talking about them. Mm. Um, Jamie, you used the word steward. Like, okay, but yeah, now we need to steward it. Uh, can you guys chime in a little bit on what would you say to someone when they're like, okay, I hear you saying you don't have to do anything, you just have fun, just enjoy your life, but how do we get stuff done? What about, like, your assignment? What about what God asks of you and serving the world and that kind of thing? What if you need to change the world? Like, how are you going to get that done if you're just having fun all the time? Mm. What would you say to that? Yeah, it's super interesting because that question so often comes from a place of control Mm -hmm. and lack of trust. Mm. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, so, that, like, when people... Like, oh, what do I do? Like, how do I be spirit-led? What does it mean to Mm. be spirit-led? Like, am I just going to not get up tomorrow because the Lord isn't leading me to get up? And I'm like, what's really funny responding to those questions is like responding with, if the Lord is leading you to not get up tomorrow, you don't get up. Like, you actually give up your life to him. You surrender and let him do his thing Mm -hmm. through you. It's not like, and you're not, in the way or anything, you just need to realize that he's already doing it. He's already mm. changing the world through you and you just surrender to that. Mm. Totally. Yeah. He's a person and you can have a relationship with him. And that's like, I think when I have those conversations with people where they're like, what do I do when I get up in the morning? What do I do? And I'm like, why do you, are, why do you feel like you have to say that? <laughs> well, well, because I think the person when they're, when they're coming from the control place, mm. it's like still the mathematical equation. It's like, I need to do this mm. so that I'll succeed and then I'll be nice and saved mm-hmm. or nice, <laughs> nice, and, and saved. nice and under grace or <laughs> nice and perfect now. Like yeah. we're already perfect. He's a person, you know him, commune with him. And that looks different for everybody. And so I'm going to add that in as well as there was something you said once, Mike, where you were like striving and effort towards what the Lord says are two very different things. Mm. Now you can put effort and passion and a connected heart to him behind the actions you take when you hear do this thing. You could do the same things, but coming from the place of like striving and fear and wanting to get it right. And it won't result in life. Mm. So it's like, you can put effort towards like, yeah, we're supposed to be moving. We're supposed to be changing the world. Put your heart behind the things and stay connected with him. Don't go to the space of, I need to do this, otherwise I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm not good, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good, you're covered, when you're connected to him, and you can put effort towards it. And like, bind yourself to people and leaders that will support you in that. And don't, you're not alone. That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, because I think the what do I do question so often comes from this assumption that we're alone. Like, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be in this situation and the Lord has abandoned me and then I'm going to have to figure out what I have to do. Right. So what do I do? And you're like, y- you realize you're not separate from God. Mm. Like, yeah. that's not a thing. That's a lie that you've mm. made up in your life that isn't real. So you trust him. And the amount of times that people would come up on prayer line at the end of an AMT and 
be like, what, what do I do here? And I'm like, trust God. And they're like, okay, but what if this? I'm like, you still trust God. And they're like, okay, but then what if, what if I am in this situa- situation? I'm like, you, I think you have to trust God there. <laughs> and then they eventually get that the concept is trusting God and letting right. him do his thing, yeah. realizing that he's leading you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah. think a lot of times this year, Mike continues to tell us, like, you have authority here. Like, you have mm-hmm. responsibility with what I'm teaching you. And, like, even to start believing, like, actually, I'm not alone. Actually, I am perfect. Like, it's not appropriate to believe anything other than that because we've already mm-hmm. been told what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And so now there's something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think to add to that, too, like, I agree with Drew, like, I think purpose and assignment comes after surrender. Mm, And I feel like I've been confronted with that a lot this year of like giving up my five-year plan, like Mm -hmm. giving up all these plans I had. Um, But because like, if I actually believe like love lives inside of me, like I'll just be compelled to do things that Mm -hmm. I like desire to do or that I feel the Lord on or like whatever that there's life on. Mm -hmm. And I, he like, he doesn't fail. Like you're not going to miss out on those things. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like always checking the motive so I think, like, to answer your question of, like, oh, how do I, like, still get stuff done, but also surrender to the Lord, you know, like, yeah. just have fun or whatever. Yeah. You, it will be fun. Like, yeah. it will be fun if the yeah. Lord's doing it. It might be hard, but, like, like part of his nature is that he's fun and, like, mm-hmm. there's life there. And so I feel like I don't think that he's going to want to lay in bed every day. Like, I don't <laughs> think people are going to miss out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. they're not going to fail because yeah. he doesn't fail. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not his nature. And laying in bed on a Friday morning, like, isn't failing. Yeah, so I'm also, totally. like, you need to redefine what success looks like in this season or, like, yeah. what he's doing. Like, what yeah. does surrender look like in this season? Um, because I think, like, some of my best moments have come after being, like, okay, like, I really want this thing, but, like, it's also cool if it doesn't happen. Like, I trust you. Like, this, like, I actually trust you have my best in mind. Like, yeah. you know you know me better than I know me, so yeah. let's do this. And then, like, some of the best moments or the totally. best things of me in me have come out. Yeah because of that yeah and if you get it wrong it's okay because he works all things together for the good of those who love him like he's gonna work it out he's not just gonna be like oh they screwed up I'm out peace (laughs) laters (laughs) you're on your own now yeah that's great yeah Mm-hmm. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Have you ever read that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get to choose which door you go in. Uh-huh. And, like, either way, like, something happens, yeah. but you get to choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. All right, so we're going to wrap this up, but some closing comments. You guys, I think I want to hear from every single one of you, just something brief, but what would you say to, like, someone listening, whether it's tomorrow or a year from now on this podcast or whatever, um, what would you say to someone about um, what you learned from this this last year together what's like a a bullet point you're like you know what this is not necessarily going to encompass everything that I learned but this is something significant that I have in my bag that I'd like to give to the world this is true I didn't know this before but bam I think for me it would be I have everything I need Hmm. yeah I think for me it would be not being afraid to let him step in let him take charge and do his Hmm. thing learning that I don't need to make anything happen I can just surrender everything to him and he'll help me there. Choosing one is so yeah. hard, it's unreal. But just remember, it's not, this is not the only thing you could right. ever say. Just right. pick yeah. one of the things that you have that, you know. Yeah. I would say probably one of the biggest things that's impacted me, just like in like belief and connection with him and like hearing from his voice, is that there is nothing wrong with me. Like there's not mm. something that has to be innately fixed that is wrong in my being. Like uh-huh. it's not. That's good. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Mm. It's big. 
Yeah, I'd probably say you don't have to make yourself or your life happen. Like, you don't have to do that on your own. Like, he is doing that. He wants that more than you. You are chosen, and what you put your hands to is going to succeed because of who's in you. Wow. One of my biggest takeaways is learning that God has my best in mind all the time. Like, I don't have to control everything. I don't have to, you know, try to control and manage the outcome and make sure I've crossed all the T's, dot all the I's. Like, God is actually always moving towards me and has my best in mind and... Like, he's working everything out together for my good no matter what I do. Like, he's always on, on board with that. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Brilliant. So, you guys, as we're listening to this and as our hearts are open, there's just a bit of a reminder there that the road that leads to life is narrow and difficult. It doesn't come easy. However, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. So when we let Jesus lead us down that narrow, difficult path, it actually becomes the ride of your life. I think the recurring theme here is we want the Lord to lead us in our lives. We don't want to be the ones calling the shots, telling him what he needs to bless. We want to be the blessing he's giving to the world. Um, thank you guys for sharing. That was awesome. I love it. Ah, um, little plug here. Those of you who, like, you know, something's resonating with you. You're like, man, I want to know this. I want to learn, like, the things that we were talking about here. You want to, like, take the red pill, go down that rabbit hole, like, let your life be dismantled by the gospel and what Jesus actually did to you. There's an invitation here. We're doing the School of Reformation starting this fall, September 4th, 2019. Um, If you're interested in jumping on this with us, I'm going to be doing the same thing with Season 5, but we're doing the School of Reformation, meaning people are going to be able to stream into our teaching time and participate in this conversation, get the same teaching my, my team is getting, and being able to participate and wrestle with the same stuff, which obviously produces results. Like, it changes what you know is going on, the world you live in, who you are. So if that's you, if you're interested, um, you can go to MikeMeasure.com, and on the homepage, the School of Reformation is right there, or you can look at, um, is it under Courses, probably? Mm -hmm. Under Courses, the School of Reformation will be there. Um, We're still um, enrolling, so if you want to jump on this year with us, that opportunity is there. I'd encourage you, get in. We're about to tear this thing up. All right, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, Like... Subscribe. Um, listen, if the five-star rating thing is in your heart, we'd love that. Please don't make it up, but that would really help us out. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.